The message you're about to listen to is from the Household of David Higher Ground Conference 2021, themed Sure Mercies. As you listen, we pray that you'll be uplifted, inspired, and edified. God bless you. The word of God has come to me, I'm moving up to higher ground. Let's pray. Father, again, we have come to learn, we have come to grow, we have come to be built, to be established in righteousness. Lord, we pray that you will yet again move in our midst. Grant us illumination by your word. And I pray that we will go from glory to glory, even in this conference. Let Jesus be revealed. Let Jesus be glorified. Amen and amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Pastor Shola. Please help me honor your pastor and his dear wife. Thank you. Thank you. May the Lord bless you, sir. Bless you, ma. We used to sing a hymn that says it's pays to serve Jesus. And, and how true that is. Um, it was such a powerful time with Pastor Jerry. I'm sure you were blessed. When I came in, I just heard him just preaching and it was such a powerful time. Um, I may just introduce our session very briefly this morning and then we would um, we'll pray and prepare for the miracle service. Really, I'm not sure that I'm here to do so much of teaching as it is to just minister to God's people. I began to sense in my spirit that there are people who really need the touch of Jesus. And sometimes it's good to just take the time to allow the Lord step in and minister to the needs of people. It's good to learn. It's good to grow. But it's difficult to learn under pain. It's difficult to learn under oppression. It's difficult to learn when God's people are yet to experience liberty. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, um, I may just open us up to um, the areas that I'll be covering in this conference. And then we'll pray. Please let your heart be sensitive to God. Conferences like this help to make, to mold, to build us, to empower us in the spirit. They are not just mere programs of a ministry, especially for those of you following online. Do well to remain students in the school of the spirit. When we come, our hearts must be open. Thank God for all the introductions. But now you just drop those things and settle with Jesus so that you learn that which is profitable for life and for destiny. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Mark chapter 10. I'll just establish one or two things and then we'll pray. Mark chapter 10. I'll be teaching along the theme. We'll start from verse 46. This was the story of... Um, the man that Jesus met on his way out of Jericho called Blind Bartimaeus. And it will be a basis to introduce um, the teaching. And they came to Jericho, the Bible says, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, the Bible says there was such a man called Blind 
Bartimaeus. It was not a name. Blind is a condition. Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. Are we together now? Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and to say, Jesus, you are the son of David. Have mercy on me. Jesus, David, mercy. Very powerful. All in one sentence. When he heard it was Jesus, he said, Jesus, there is something I know about you. My condition may not allow me the luxury of being around the temple because I am declared unclean. But as men kept passing by this street, there was something that they said about you that I picked. You are not only the son of God, you are the son of David. And because you are the son of David, there is something from David. He says, thou son of David. He didn't say prosper me. No, that would be wrong. He didn't say thou seed of Abraham, bless me. But he says, you are the son of David. Because what I need now is mercy. Let me, let me start my session by introducing the fact that in our dealings with God, please pay attention. In our dealings with God, we must understand the platforms that are available for the saints to interact with God and also to interact with the realm of the spirit. Essentially, there are three major platforms. If you're writing, please write this down. There are three major platforms can you just reduce the volume a bit please yeah thank you three major platforms that make for our interacting with the realm of the spirit number one which is the weakest of the three is called emotions emotions are a very powerful platform that can help us relate with the realm of the spirit emotions but it has such a tremendous side effect because emotions vacillate are we together now we see a display of emotions in the bible people who will make declarations right now like peter and all of a sudden turn that was just emotions many people who would make declarations i will follow you i will walk with you so emotions is the weakest level but it is one of the levels that a man can interact with the realm of the spirit and even with god the second is called reasoning based on principles now reasoning is more superior to emotions and the reason why that is is because reasoning is based on principles and principles are fixed so even if you vacillate as an individual principles force you to be consistent I don't know if you are following now. So remember what we're dealing with. Emotions. And then the reason why emotions cannot be trusted. Anytime you are dealing with people, if the platform for that relationship is purely emotional, you know that you are in trouble, isn't it? Because emotions vacillate. Do you know why? 
emotions are not fixed on facts. They are fixed on feelings. Please understand our discussion. Three levels by which you can relate with God, the realm of the spirit, and even men. The weakest of them. And the third is emotions. Emotions is based on feelings. And it can vacillate. The margin of error working emotionally is very high. Too high to guarantee predictability. God never relates with men emotionally. Because he knows. He knows the man he built. One moment you can say, Lord, I love you. And the next moment you are running away. So he will not relate with men emotionally. The next level is called reasoning. And that by principles. When you reason, you are making use of your mind. But then you are guided by a reference. The references are principles. Either universal laws, spiritual laws, no matter how it is. So that even if you yourself may want to bend to the left, the principles have been fixed. Is that true? Yes. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. It says you stand in the way and you ask for that part, that ancient part. And it says if you have found it, that you walk in it and you will find rest. You have to understand this foundation. So number one, emotions based on feelings. The weakest platform for interacting with God, interacting with the realm of the spirit, and even interacting with men. Second to emotions and higher than emotions is what? Reasoning based on logic. So you can reason your way out. The Bible says it, come, let us reason together. So it is a way that you can relate with the realm of the spirit. Reasoning. And reasoning is based on principles. It's not based on feeling. So there is some level of predictability. You've heard people say, use your common sense. Is that true? That means apply your mind to existing principles as the basis for your decisions. So that even if you don't trust yourself, you can trust the predictability of those principles you can use reasoning to gain some level of results in your life why because the reasonings honor principles and the principles are fixed but the highest level of interaction with god the highest level of interaction with the realm of the spirit and the highest level of interaction with men is called covenant are we following now already? So I started by listing three platforms for interacting with God, the realm of the spirit, and men. The weakest being emotions based on feelings. Then reasoning based on principles. The third, covenants. Why are covenants powerful? If you do not understand it, you may not understand the theme of this conference. The sure mercies of David. Remember the scripture we read? You now understand why blind Bartimaeus, when he had it was Jesus. He says, Jesus, you are not only savior. You are not only the seed of Abraham. There is something I know about you. You are the son of David. Show me mercy. And Jesus would dare not pass him and ignore him. If Jesus ignored him, it would prove that he was not Messiah because there was a covenant. Bartimaeus was not just calling a man for help. 
what Bartimaeus was doing was deeper than just calling for help. Hallelujah. Covenants. Why are covenants powerful? What is a covenant? Generally speaking, a covenant is known to be an agreement between two or more people. An agreement between two or more people that seeks to provide mutual benefit to the parties involved and also has well-defined terms. Then it also has benefits and advantages if adhered to and it has consequences if violated generally speaking that is a covenant so the whole idea of a covenant is that two or more people come into a non-emotional agreement non-emotional it is very important you understand that are we together and the goal of the agreement is to provide mutual benefit that means both parties have something usually to benefit from and then there are there are terms terms that bind both parties and if adhered to there are benefits that come from it and if violated there are consequences that follow now notice that the highest level of interaction with god with the realm of the spirit and with men higher than emotions based on feelings higher than reasoning based on principles is covenant you see that covenant has from scripture provided the greatest platform i hope you know that covenant was god's invention god's invention to remedy the emotional state of man versus the desire for the consistency of his program so it was an invention by the intelligence of god I have to create a way of binding man to ensure that even though man vacillates, there must be something that keeps him consistent. And out of that need came the understanding of covenant. That there are certain levels of dealings that you can never have with God. There are certain graces over territories and nations that you can never carry when you are in an emotional relationship with God. When you are even just living by principles, it has to move deeper than that. You must enter a realm called covenant. This is the same principle that is used in the occult. You don't relate many occultic groups. They don't do emotions. You can make up your mind and say, I'm part of this fraternity now. And by the time you see the sacrifices involved, you say, no, 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 I'm not part of this. I've changed my mind. Is that true? Or you can sit logically and say, what do I stand to benefit? And they say you have some financial benefit or political benefit. But then, by those principles, you can still run away. But notice that when people bring all these fraternities around, the first thing they do is to bind you with a covenant ratified by blood before they start showing you what you have done. So that by the time fear grips you, all these elements of emotions, you know that you are already bound by a, a faculty of relationship higher than emotions. It is the reason why marriage is also a covenant. 
Because the day your wife does not cook, something tells you run away and you remember, no way. You are not running anywhere. There is a covenant greater than feelings, greater than principles. Anything God wants to take serious in the life of a man, he ties it to covenant. Are you following me now? There are different kinds of relationships on earth. There are general relationships. Be good to all men. You meet a driver, you go to a supermarket or a mall, you meet people. And then there are seasonal relationships. God connects you, you have classmates, you have schoolmates. And for the time that you people are pursuing the same goal, you are friends. But there are relationships called covenant relationships. Covenant relationships are non-emotional relationships. They are relationships that move beyond what you feel. That means in doing business with God, if you have not entered the dimension of covenant, there are certain things that God does not take you serious about. The highest honor God can give man is to step into anything that binds him with that man. And when God binds himself with that man, he proves that it is a covenant by naming that dimension after that man, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the son of David. Now, you understand what that is? If I stop here alone, I have brought deliverance for someone. Anything in your life you want to take serious, there must be a covenant platform for dealing with it. It is the cure for the emotions of men. It is the cure for vacillations all around. Do not trust people when they say, oh, this and that. Human beings are, are very, that's why God does not take them seriously. But when God sees you coming into that realm of covenant, are you seeing what Abraham, why what Abraham did touched the heart of God? Abraham, I want to enter a covenant with you, but the first test is take your son. Let me see how serious you are. And Abraham carried his son. And God said, you did this for me? I swear by my name that in blessing, I will bless you. So even if today, God forbid, if Israel stand as a nation and look up to God and say, God, we hate you, you are terrible. Even as he looks at them, he will still honor Abraham till he returns. This is the implication of covenant. You have taken emotions out of it. It has nothing to do with what you feel. You are bound by an oath. You take your reputation and put upon that oath. Covenant is a risk. It's a risk. There are two testaments in the Bible. One is called an old covenant or the old covenant and the other is called the new covenant or testament. It's never called the old discussion. It's not called the old suggestion. It's not called the new advice. They are called covenants because the truth there cannot be left for emotions. Are we together now? Yes. So there are three platforms you have to understand this. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. Just building on this and we'll pray. Is God helping us already? Yes, sir. Please read with me if you can see it projected. Ready? One, to read. 
For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, one more time. Another interpretation. For I am the Lord and I don't walk by emotions. Otherwise, if I allow my feelings to direct my power, the sons of Jacob, they will be consumed. You see that? I am the Lord and even though you annoy me all the time, I am guided by a covenant higher than what I feel. The Bible is clear as to the fact that there are times that God gets angry. There are times that the Bible says, the, the word I change not does not mean I don't change my decisions. Many times he changes decisions here. It means my patterns are fixed because I bound them with a covenant. I am the Lord. I will not bend my patterns no matter how I feel. That was why when Jesus was on the cross, not even the son of the living God changed the heart of the father. He saw him there and he still let him die because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It's not a statement. It's not an advice. Even Jesus, when he wanted to negotiate it, he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass. But he remembered this thing did not come about just by a discussion. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You thought God would say, wow, what a faithful son. Because of that, you will not die again. He said, well, I understand. Still go and die. Just be on your way to the cross. You will still die. Hallelujah. Amen. Spiritual patterns. If you understand this about relationships, then you are ready to step into deep levels with God. You will now see the reason why God seems to honor certain people. As if, yes, we are all Christians. But what is it about others that makes God, they can make statements as if they are bragging. But they are not just talking nonsense. There is a basis upon which they are speaking. How could Abraham dare tell us that God gave him the earth? Is that not pride? The earth, not Israel. God willed the earth to one man as if there is only one man he created. He didn't even give the earth to Adam. He gave him dominion. Now he comes to find a man from all of the Chaldeans. An idol worshiper. And carries the whole earth as if he didn't know we are coming. Gave it to one man. And you ignore that man. And see how you will suffer. To you and to your seed. To the point that even when Jesus came. He submitted to that covenant himself. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29. And if ye be Christ, he says, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Are we blessed? Yeah. Isaiah chapter 55 now, where we got the text from. Let's start from verse 1. Isaiah chapter 55. These are the categories of people that I'm interested in this morning so that we'll pray. It says, everyone that thirsted, come to the waters. He that has no money, oh dear, Nigeria, come and buy. And eat, yea, come, 
buy wine and milk without money and without price. So why is he saying buy? In economics, you don't say buy without price. And here he's now saying buy. But even if you don't have money, come. But it will be recorded that you still bought it. Verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me. And eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Verse 3. Please give us verse 3. Let's read together. One to read. Incline your ear and come unto me and hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant means a covenant that will be honored even if the earth is not here again. Everlasting covenant. There are covenants whose validity is only whilst the earth is here. For instance, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. There's no seed time and harvest in heaven. It is while the earth remaineth. So, the covenant was tied to the earth. The day there is no earth, that law does not work again. You cannot take the law, if you go to any planet where you don't find earth, you can't apply seed time and harvest. You will need to look for another law. Seed time and harvest was tied to the earth. That means if you get up in the morning and find out that the earth is still there, then know that the only way to get harvest is to plant seeds. Is that true? But here he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Then he says, even the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies of David. What was this about, really? Let me begin to introduce it. Now, David was a very interesting man. He was a man who loved the Lord. Quite an interesting king he was. He was the son of Jesse, as you know. And he was the one who succeeded Saul, the first king of Israel. It was not God's desire for Israel to have a physical king. He always intended that he would be their king. But they made a demand for a king. They wanted to see a ruler who they would see and relate with. And so in honor to their request, God now raised a prophet, the son of Hannah, is that true? Called Samuel, trained under prophet Eli. And when he became a prophet, the Bible says none of his word fell to the ground. And this was the man who anointed Saul, the son of Kish, to become king. Remember? When his father's donkey was missing and they went and he met this seer called Samuel. And Samuel said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you to be captain over his army? And he anointed him. Saul became king. One thing led to the other. He broke the, the ordinances of priesthood. Is that true? By coming to offer sacrifices whereas it was not his office. I'm just giving you a theological background. And People pressured him. He could not wait for Samuel to come. Because Samuel was late. He did offer the sacrifices. And when Samuel came, he said, no, no, no. You have done foolishly. You would have allowed me to come and God would have established your throne forever. But now, because of this, you have desecrated priesthood. And the throne is taken away from you. He didn't live immediately. The same way Adam did not die immediately. But then Samuel kept praying and interceding for Saul. 
And one time the Lord told him, Saul, Samuel, why will you keep weeping, seeing that I have rejected Saul as king? He says, take on your horn. Go to the house of Jesse and go and anoint the next king. Is that true? He now goes to the house of Jesse. They gather all the sons, including Eliab. Well-built, handsome gentlemen. And he almost made a mistake as a prophet. And God said, no. And they called on that boy who was at the backside tending sheep. And he came and then the Lord anointed him. One thing led to the other. Eventually, David becomes king. And um, when David became king, so many things happened. He fought wars. He had episodes of all sorts of things. David was quite an interesting man. He would sin against God and write his sin in his, his, his sin in a song and tell the music director sing it let god know that i'm not hiding this thing god said what do i do with such a man hallelujah yes and then god himself said this man is a man after my heart now that is a very superior commendation from god moses was called the meekest man but never called a man after god's heart not even Jacob who had an encounter was called a man after God's heart. How do you call such a man? There is nothing to be done that David did not do. Is it killing? Is it stealing? Is it destruction? Everything you think about that can be done. David did. And one time, Second Samuel chapter 7 please. Let's start from verse 12. This is where this is the story that leads us to this covenant that we call the sure mercies of David. Second Samuel chapter 7. And when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Uh, where do we, let's start from verse 11. It says, and since the time, I hope I, okay, let's take it from there and see. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over, can we, can we start from verse, um, let me look at verse 8. Let's start from verse 8. Say, long reading, just be patient. Okay. Now, the whole story was that David was sitting in a very beautiful palace. And the ark of God was in a tent. Is that true? And David became concerned. And he said, no, 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 no. I, I cannot sit here in a beautiful palace where there is no house for my God. The, 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 the ark of God was in a tent. And he said, no, it's in my heart. I have to build a house for God. This is how much I love him and I honor him because he considered the goodness of God, the mercy of God over his life. And he said, I can't let this continue like this. And then he now discussed it with prophet Nathan. And he told Nathan, he said, this is what I intend to do. And Nathan said, this is good. Do whatever is in your heart for God is with you. Is that true? And so he made up his mind that he was going to build God a house. And then the Lord sent prophet Nathan. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think that's from verse 1 now. Um, so, let's, let's, take a, let, let's, let's just read from verse, from verse 1. Please be patient with me. It's a bit long. Let's just take it. I was thinking of cutting somewhere so we'll save time. 
And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, the king being David now, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. Two, the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. Right? Verse 3. And Nathan said unto the king, Go, do all that is in thy heart, for the Lord is with you. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan the prophet, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shall thou build me a house to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel from Egypt. Even unto this day, but I have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake the word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me a house of cedar? Now therefore, so shall thou say unto my servant David, God is talking to Nathan, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee, whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thy enemies. Now, follow all the things that God did to David to help him to rise to become king. Number one, I took you and I lifted you. And I knew that every lifting comes with enemies. So I went with you and I cut off your enemies out of thy sight and have made thee a great name may this happen to someone everything written here in the name of jesus christ i just felt to stop and declare over you that the same way god took david from the backside and look at this is god god remembers how he lifts men it's only men that forget how they are lifted god himself is telling a prophet i'm not confused as to how i lifted him from the sheep coat I took you and made you a ruler over God's people. Let me speak to someone here. You may be the least in your life, your family, your destiny, but in the name of Jesus here at this conference, I declare that God who lifted David, the one who shows men mercy and kindness, may he lift you to become ruler over much. I hope you are really receiving it. And then he says, I was with you. Aha. Uh -huh. Now you understand when he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. The cure for fear is divine presence. Sometimes you don't need the storm to be calm for you to be at peace. Just verify whether Jesus is in the boat. And then he says, I have cut off all your enemies out of your sight. And I made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Verse 10. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them anymore as before time. 11. It says... And, and as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that I will make thee a house. My goodness. Do you know what he was saying? He said, David, you want to build me a house? And he laughed. It's like a little boy coming to meet a rich man with maybe a little lollipop. 
and says, I want to bless you. And then the man says, you mean I want to take this? And he says, because you are doing this, me too, I want to do something. You understand what is going on there now? And I will establish, he says, and when the days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with your fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of your boils, and I will establish his kingdom. Next verse, we're reading. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Let's read to 16. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, watch this. Because as kings, when you default, you are gone. That's what happened to Samuel, to Saul. Now he says, because I'm introducing something that binds me and you. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men. And with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy. My mercy shall not depart away from him. As I took it from Saul. Whom I put away before thee. 16. It says and thy house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Go and tell David, thus saith the Lord. Nathan goes to meet David and says, David, I don't know what happened between you and God. But right now there is a word from God. God has brought this that no matter what you do, I may punish you. I may allow men to afflict you. But as far as replacing you and bringing you out of relevance, it is no longer there. That every time I have bound myself with you, that as far as your relevance and your dominion and your rising and remaining is concerned, there is nothing you can do. Provided you have made up your mind to honor me this much, I'm now reciprocating. So blind Bartimius, knowing he was in trouble, he had been hearing that discussion from sermons. He now said, Jesus, if I call you the seed of Abraham, you will think what I need is arms. But right now, I'm tired of this condition. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know what my father did wrong. But remember, you are a seed of David. I, I Mercy, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, stop, stop, stop. Somebody is saying something here that I cannot ignore. Mr. Man, you are blind, but who taught you this? All I know is that you are the son of David. A covenant was made that from David and his seed, God is going to create a platform for dealing with men that will be beyond what they can do or what they cannot do. Are you not that seed? He never asked blind Bartimaeus, do you have faith? Read it. Everybody he spoke to, he required faith. But the moment a man said, son of David, he said, leave it. I don't care whether you believe in me or not. There is a covenant that commits my integrity. The only people who are not asked for faith are dead people. You don't ask a dead man, do you have faith? And now he looks at a man who says, I know you are the son of David. I may not know much, but this I know about you. You keep covenants. I'm here. There were not many people that said things that struck Jesus in the Bible. One of them was a centurion. He showed him the power of authority. 
And he said, I am a man also under authority. And because of the authority that I represent, I can tell one, go and he will go. I can tell one, come and he will come. I can tell one, do this and he will do. Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. I don't want to insult you. I recognize your authority. Speak the word only. And Jesus said, who taught you this? I have not found this faith. Not in Israel. Now a beggar who is blind surprises Jesus by saying, Jesus, you are the son of David. Have mercy on me. What exactly is the covenant of mercy that God entered with David? You see, the idea of mercy there, most, I, I, and, I, and I, I love your pastor because he's, I think he's one of the few men of God I know who has really stretched the subject of mercy, helping the body of Christ understand the mercy of God. I have told you again and again that the mercy of God is not just limited to sinners. The mercy of God is a platform for relationship. You see that? So, when the Bible talks about the sure mercies of David, he's talking about a covenant. A covenant that came through and from the desire of a man to see Jesus lifted. David knew that one day Jesus was going to come. He didn't know he would be called Jesus. The Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies. He knew and he did not know that he would participate to make that happen. The star that represents the flag of Israel today is not called the star of Abraham. It's not even called the star of Jacob. And Isaac is called the star of David. Because there was a covenant. You will never lack dominion. You will never lack the sight of mercy within your family, within your time. I will raise up your seed. That seed was not just Solomon. Because Solomon did a lot of things. When you read the Bible, you will see. Solomon started well, but towards the end of his life, he married all kinds of women. He did all sorts of things. As at the time, theologically speaking, as at the time Solomon was writing the book of Ecclesiastes, it was said that he had written as a fallen man. Everything my eyes saw, I desired. Solomon is confessing. You see that kind of man. And because of that, he caused the kingdom to be torn into two. You see that? But the God of heaven who keeps covenants. Remember what I taught you about relationships? It was not just emotions. It was not just by reason. It was by covenant. He bound himself that David, as far as your relevance is concerned, you will never go out of place. And I connect something eternal to you. The covenant of David is one of the platforms. I hope you know I hope that we'll be able to deal with that if, 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 if there is the time. The salvation of men rode upon certain covenants. It didn't just happen. There had to be legitimate grounds upon which Jesus would die for people. One of it, for instance, is the covenant that God had with Abraham. Jesus came as a fulfillment of scripture. If he was Messiah, then there would have to be certain things that he came to fulfill. Are we together now? So there had to be certain covenants in place to be able to allow Jesus die. Legally. One of it was the covenant that he had with Abraham. 
that in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Otherwise, we will have the right to say, Jesus, who gave you the authority to die for the whole world? Where did you get that authority from? Because even though you are God, you've now passed through the womb of a woman. So you are man also. What makes you believe that you have the power? That covenant indeed. So he came and identified himself as the seed of Abraham, the Bible says. Even though Abraham had a physical seed, Isaac, but the real seed that was talked about, Paul explained it in his Pauline epistles, that it was Jesus. And the Bible says now, we are being grafted into Christ, that every time we believe the gospel, we also are grafted into that seed. It now gives us the authority to say we can be blessings also to the world. I can know that I can bless the world today, not just because I'm a preacher, because number one, I am grafted to Christ who came and grafted himself into this Abrahamic covenant. Now, same with David. What is the basis of our obtaining mercy? Because number one, we have been grafted into Christ who came to honor the covenant that he had with David. Listen, I will show you three things hopefully that this covenant carries. One of it is the mystery of transgenerational relevance. If you understand the covenant of mercy that God had with David, you will never fade, not in your lifetime. It's a mystery here in the Bible. No matter what you do with David, he still remains the epicenter of not just the gospel, the Jewish people, because there was a covenant God had with him and he would not ignore it. Can I tell you this? When we go to heaven, you are still going to see structures that honor those covenants. For instance, when the rich man, uh, uh, remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Where did they find the, the Lazarus? Abraham's bosom. Why was it not called God's apartment? Wherever it was. Abraham's bosom. So even when we get to heaven, rewards will not just be given like they share food during weddings. They just put it in one big basket. Just pick whatever you have there. No, 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 no. There are people who God will honor based on certain covenants. There are certain covenants that are not everlasting. The law of seed, time, and harvest. The covenant that was spoken to the earth. That means if you plant something in the earth and it does not bring forth, you have a right to question it. Because there is a covenant. Thieves today plant and they still reap. People keep insulting God while they are farming. And by this time now, many people are harvesting because it's a non-emotional contract. I am the Lord and I change it not. Therefore, the sons of Jacob are not consumed. Are we together? Yeah. So when we talk about the sure mercies of David, we're talking about a covenant that God entered with David and then through Christ, we all have today become partakers of it. It is not just limited to salvation, but it has become the platform for the administration of his mercy. And I pray that God will open someone's eyes to really understand the full import of being a benefactor of God's mercy. The older you live, you will begin to understand and comprehend the depth of God's mercy and what happens to a man outside of God's mercy. 
Saul was one man who never had the opportunity and the privilege. Did you hear what, what God himself told prophet Nathan? He said, I took the mercy away. When you understand this, you will know why we sing that song, Your mercies are new every morning. This was the covenant that created that basis. If the mercies of God are not new, we'll be in trouble because yesterday's mercy will not speak over today's situation. He tied his mercy to the morning. I hope that you know that not every creature of God has the privilege of partaking of his mercy. For instance, the fallen angels. For instance, Satan. There is no record of scripture that the mercy of God has spoken over Satan and over these creatures. No. In the book of Esther, which is an adumbration of Jesus Christ himself and the church, there are two people there who never had the opportunity to partake of mercy. One was Vashti. The other was Haman. There was no mercy for them. So, the mercy of God does not just work arbitrarily for everyone. No, there are conditions. The first condition to really come into this covenant of mercy is salvation. In fact, any covenant that comes to the believer through Christ can only be released through salvation. Theologically speaking, whether it is the blessing of Abraham, whether it's that encounter with Jacob, the God of Jacob, is that true? Yes. Or now, whether it is the sure message of David, it must come through salvation. That you can experience mercy even when you are not saved, but you cannot experience the covenant of mercy that God had with David, given as an advantage to the saints when you are outside of the fold. So, you see, when you bring people to Jesus Christ, you are doing many things to them. Saving them from hell is just one of the things. You are connecting them to a platform. Ah, It is on the basis of this that Paul says, for we know, there is something, there is a contract, there are layers of truths that give the believer security in this kingdom. For we know that all things, all things, he does not even care to know what story. He tells you, if you can dare come into Christ, there is still a way out. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now watch this. The healing anointing, the healing anointing really flows out of this contract. The anointing for miracles and signs and wonders, genuine miracles flow out of this contract. There is a covenant that God had with David. Whatever will fight you to bring you down. That's why I said, notice what he told David. He said, David, there was something that was responsible for your lifting from the ground up. There was something that was responsible for your defense in the midst of enemies. There was something that was responsible for rest round about. Now, I showed you, but I want to make a covenant out of it so that people can follow that pathway to also rise. 
That means when you access this covenant of mercy, there are many benefits that come from it. Number one, it sustains the power to take you from wherever you are, wherever you are, and make you ruler over the mercy of God. It is the mercy of God that secures divine presence. I hope you know in ancient times, they could not see God. The reason was because of their sinfulness. And that if they saw God in that state, they would die. Today, he can give you the Holy Spirit. And not ask what you did yesterday and what you did tomorrow. David even prayed that prayer. Cast me not away from your presence. He said, take not your spirit from me. Because I know the condition it takes for your Holy Spirit to live in me. And he says, no, there is a covenant that covers you. That even in the midst of whatever nonsense, the Holy Spirit is there. Why is he there? Because there is a covenant, a non-emotional covenant that he can guide you and bring you back. What a wonder. Do you know if this covenant was not in place, the day you give your life to Christ, the first sin you commit, you will die immediately because of the implication of what you received. You didn't just receive a letter from a government congratulating you. You received the Holy Spirit. The first word there is holy. So the moment you shout at someone in annoyance, you desecrate that tabernacle, immediately you should die. There's no issue of discussion. But look the things that people do and still go scot-free with because there is a covenant that shields him. This is why if you really understand what he has done, that's what Paul said, can we continue in sin? Are you seeing now? If you are aware of the full implication of the blessing that this brings, it looks like a license for licentiousness. But he's saying, God forbid. However, the truth still remains the truth. The covenant of God's mercy. So, that covenant is at work in you. And there are times you may not open your Bible and study. And based on the legal system of the realm of the spirit, if you were to be marked based on your spiritual consistency, you will not be where you are now. But some of the days where you are lazy spiritually is the day the vision comes that opens the next level of your life. Because there is a covenant that is beyond your personal consistency. You have to understand this. You look beyond me, oh. You look beyond me, oh. You look past my sin, my guilt, my shame, and poured your love. You look beyond me, oh. You look beyond me, oh. Mm, so true. I'm the one you have shown mercy. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. I am the one. I'm the one that you have shown mercy. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Healing. If you are to depart to compartmentalize the administration of the power of God, listen to me. Everything that makes for healing and signs and wonders come under the department of his mercy. This is the reason why everybody Jesus healed was still a sinner. And yet they were healed. How much more when you now have that covenant 
that you are in Christ. You see the reason why we can hold a miracle service. It's not just because a man of God is powerful. It's not just because there is power there. We know. When Jesus hung upon that cross and said it is finished, there was an implication to that statement. When that blood came upon the earth, there was an implication. So you can stand with a doctor's report. It doesn't matter how it got there. You know there is the sure message of David. Listen, if you understand what I'm telling you, some of you right here, right now will be healed. I know what I'm telling you. Healing is not just more than the, more than the consciousness of anointing. Anointing is simply a, an enforcer. It's a system of enforcement. But we're talking of the basis for which it happens. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he says, what do you want? For a long time, I thought that it was quite an insulting statement. Why would you look at a blind man and say, what do you want? And one day when I was studying it, the Holy Spirit ministered to me. Jesus was not just asking him, what do you want? He was saying, let me know all that you want. He was not just asking him for that miracle alone. What do you want there does not just mean the obvious. What else that is hiding in your heart? The, since you called on that covenant, the covenant does not only heal, the covenant lifts. The covenant defends. The covenant protects. So when there are arsenals of darkness that fight your lifting, there is the sure message of David. You can stand secure knowing that even though I came from this village, I came from a place where I watched people die. What becomes the basis? Oh, I know that. I've, God forbid, I didn't trouble anybody. You would die in a way that you'll be surprised. You see that? There is the covenant. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Think well. That gift came out of David. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. David is also connected to the end of weeping. In the book of Revelations, there was a lamentation. It says, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Is that true? Remember? Weep not, he said, for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hold on. The root. That means this is founded in David. Has prevailed. If you are founded in that covenant, you must prevail. It's a covenant that empowers men to prevail. Please understand what I'm telling you. This is why you can keep someone in a position where you will even conclude. How are we going to bury this person now? And while you are talking, there is a covenant that lifts. The same way it carried David. And you are wondering, I thought you should be finished. Not with the way I saw your family. And you tell them, oh, there is a covenant. Greater a non-emotional contract. My brothers and my sisters, that's how some of us came on board. Ordinarily, by the normal route of success, we will not even be near here. Oh, but there is a covenant. The sure mercies of David. For his mercies endure forever. This covenant of David eventually became a weapon that was used in war. That every time they were fortified by enemies and a defeat was imminent, they would raise that song, you are good 
and your mercies endure forever. What was the basis? Remember David. Remember the covenant you had. Lord, will you allow us die like this? We know we do not have the power to war by ourselves, but we invoke the covenant that you had. It's called the sure mercies of David. And you will watch God stand up and say, who is it that wants to desecrate the covenant? And move people left, right, and center. Have you learned something this morning? See, these are the truths and the mysteries that define the possibilities of people in this kingdom. The one you find is the one that sets you above. So two people can be born again and yet there are results, whether as ministers, whether as individuals, because some people find these truths and they tap into it. They don't just discuss it. They tap into it with truth. And you find out that they are invincible. Now you can see why fathers of faith like Baba Deboye, Bishop David Oyedeko, you can see them shout and roar. And sometimes you may mistaken their confidence for arrogance. You hear them shout and say there is a covenant. They have proven it long enough. Look at Papa Hege, um, 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 Kenneth Copeland at this age. You see all these people? I know a dear, a dear bishop, a great father in the faith. This man is 83 years old. Yet if he runs with you, he will run faster than you. There are people who have tapped into this. Living your life without this understanding, you will keep punishing your destiny using different tools of ignorance. The sure mercies of David. I came in here, we're wrapping up now. And I sat there and I rested my head down because I remember the first time I came to household of David where you were in the other place. And I said, look at this. You know what this is called? This is not called power. This is called mercy. There are results when you see your first mention is not power. Your first mention is mercy. Thou, son of David, have mercy on me. Can we pray this morning or this afternoon? Please rise up on your feet. Thou, son of David, let your covenant speak for me. Now, please listen. Tonight is a miracle service. Honestly, I trust that the Lord is going to work wonders in the midst of his people. I told you that I came with a burden. I just sense that God really wants to touch his people. He really wants to touch his people. There are people here, you are yet to connect to this covenant in Christ. Because you don't just leave Jesus and go to David. When the covenant was set, you were not there. And there is no other way of tapping into it because you are not even a Jew. Is that true? Yes. The only way to be part of this is when you route it through Christ. And there are people here listening to me, maybe in the overflows, following online, you are yet to genuinely come to Jesus Christ. The miracle of salvation must be taken seriously. You see some of the benefits that come. It's more than just an initiation into a faith life called Christianity. And there are some of you probably who are here and your life has gone haywire. You are saying, Apostle, I know our time is up, but would you use the last two or three minutes and let me make my ways right. 
I don't just want general mercy around. I want a covenant, a non-emotional covenant that brings me confidence to know that all things will work for my good, that the covenant will defend me, it will lift me. You are here, I'm going to count one to five. Please, wherever you are, may I request that you leave your seat. We have just one or two minutes for you. Wherever, don't wait for anyone to be the first. Leave your seat and with all honesty, come and stand before Jesus here. I'll count one to five. God bless you as you come. One. I'm the one you have shown mercy. Keep coming. You have shown me mercy. Are you running? I'm the one saying. Please don't kneel. Just stand so that there will be space. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Please come. God bless you. Are you celebrating them, household of David? Come to Jesus. You are not qualified to partake of the covenant the show mercies of david outside of christ and let me tell you something hold on please don't sit back there when you know the holy ghost is telling you win this war now win this war now apostle i'm not exactly bad but i'm not sure of what i'm doing please run and join them run there's space here run quickly and join them the times that we live in you must define what is the basis of your confidence Bold face without a spiritual basis will end you in casualty. Join them. Please celebrate them as they come. Quickly. Overflow, if you are coming, please quickly come. Join them. Join them. Join them. Oh, I love to see people saved. I tell you, I love to see people saved for many reasons. It's not just to show that the man is anointed. It's not just to show that church is increasing. This is deliverance. Deliverance from... There is no reason why a charm should not work. There is no reason why a yoke should not work. There is no reason why foundations will not work. The only security is being engrafted to this covenant of the mercies of God, of David. I salute every one of you for coming out. I know that some of you are making this decision the first time some of you are crying don't be ashamed of your tears this is why we came to church the house of god is a very serious place that helps people and gives them an opportunity to encounter jesus the lord is showing me a lady who should be here i don't know why but please if you are the person i want you to join them i'm not this is for your salvation i don't know why I'm, i just saw this like just in a flash now and the Lord ministered to me that there is a lady, a sister, who should come here. God has been talking to you about your life. He's been using dreams to speak to you. Win that war. Come and stand quickly. You can refuse, but no problem. And maybe there are, if okay, the overflows. Yes, those coming from those, those overflows, join them. Apologize for the time. Till he returns. Or calls me home here in the love of Christ. I say, what height of love
this lady under the anointing. Let me encourage you. As we make these decisions, three things before I pray with you. You know, Pastor Sir, many people give their, they give their life to Jesus in church, but they are not serious. They run away from follow-up. Once they finish, they still run back to those relationships and those associations. There is a commitment to this covenant. Are we together now? That means that when you make this decision in Christ, the Bible says, they that be planted in the house of the Lord. There are friends that you have to politely just cut away from. I don't hate you, but you are destructive to this newfound faith. Remember, David was the initiator of this. He said, Lord, I want to do something that exalts you above any other thing. Your, this thing cannot work for you genuinely. When Jesus is not number one in your heart. I appreciate every one of you for coming. I lend my voice with Pastor Shola and his wife. And those of you following, by the way, online. You are online, whatever nation, whatever city, whatever platform you are following from. I'm about to pray for people right now. Please connect by faith. Pray seriously. And you can send through the social media platforms of the church. Let them know that you gave your life to Jesus Christ. All of you in front, please, if you can, let me request that you lift your right hand. You're crying. Don't be ashamed. The sure mercies of David is about to speak for you. All of the things that you have done, you should have died already. But that mercy kept you. If God walked with emotions, we'll all be dead. We are preserved by his mercy. Now say this loud after me. Say, Lord Jesus. This afternoon, I have heard your word. I believe with all my heart that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again for my justification. Right now, I hand over my entire life, my entire destiny to you. In exchange, help them please. Help them, help them, help them. My God, this is the power of salvation. Mm. I receive in exchange, your life, your love, your mercy. By this prayer, I connect myself through Christ to the sure mercies. Help them, help them please, of David. I declare that the power of sin, of Satan, of hell, and of the grave is broken over my life. From today, I am a child of God. Satan, take your hands of my life, my destiny. In the name of Jesus, I am a, help them please, my God. I am a child of God. Holy Spirit, are you helping them please? Let's have some washers here. Say after me, Holy Spirit, we are still praying. I receive of your ministry, of your power. Activate this covenant in my life and in my destiny in the name of Jesus now let me pray for you I stretch my hands in the name of Jesus by the authority of scripture I decree and declare that your sins are forgiven and I declare by the power that raised Christ from the dead that everything connected to ancestry connected to bloodline 
connected to foundations help them my god help them please everything that is an ordinance an altar speaking against you we we come by the sure message of the god of david on the strength of christ being the basis for our salvation we declare them nullified now nullified now nullified now nullified now ordinances handwritings that have been written concerning you and against you we declare them nullified now from today as a church we call you the righteousness of god in christ benefactors of the mercy of god in the name of jesus we sanction the gates of hell over your life and over your destiny and we declare that from today until forever you are part of the family of faith in the name of jesus christ amen and amen let's celebrate jesus okay here's what i want you to do for me very quickly there is um, an official who is waving a placard there written new converts please all of you i will respectfully ask that you just follow him as we clap for you they'll take you to a room and a few counselors will follow you up very quickly those under the anointing just carry them or wait for them once they've gained consciousness let them go please celebrate them as they go household of david is this the best you can do Help this one under the anointing. This is what should happen in a conference. Souls saved. Genuinely saved. Genuinely saved. Please let me let my voice with Pastor Shola to encourage you. This evening I believe that the Lord is going to do wonders in the midst of his people. Please. I'd like you to come angry in your spirit. That everything that has defied the mercy of God. Come invite your loved ones. Yeah, even if there is no space. Sit whether it's to stand outside. I'd like you to stand. Let tonight be a crusade. Not just a conference again. Because God wants to move in the midst of his people. I really believe God is going to be shifting destinies. God is going to be turning families around. Some of you may need to invite your loved ones and ask them and say look. I'm not just going to come and represent you. Come by yourself. Hallelujah. Sir, would you permit me to plead with them to come with prayer requests? Will that be fine? Thank you. Do you believe in, in answered prayers? I want you to write everything you are tired of under God. Please listen. Just listen to instructions. We are wrapping up. Write everything that you know has troubled you. For your loved ones who are here or outside of this city or um, maybe some nation somewhere you can call them they can send it in please write it when we come we're going to bring everything and we'll cry before the lord here that fire from heaven this night will fall on certain egyptians and i assure you there are egyptians you have seen for too long let this be the night you do not see them again forever in the name of jesus so come expectant let your heart be hungry let your heart be desperate. Some of you, even after this conference, don't loiter around. Just spiritualize your mentality in prayer and, and focus, dedicated focus on Jesus, even throughout this conference. I believe there will be activations like Pastor Jerry Eze already started. 
activations of graces some of you here it's time for that call you have been running away from the mercy of god there are unctions there are graces that you should carry so it's not only a miracle service to pray for the sick and minister deliverance but also an impartation for people who need to carry these graces may the lord bless you and we'll see in the evening thank you for listening to this message we believe you've been blessed you can join us for any of our services on Sundays by 8am and 10am Wednesdays by 7pm or you can pray with us on Saturdays by 7am at Praise Sanctuary number 7 Surulere Industrial Road off Adeni Jones Ikeja, Lagos you can also join us online on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Mixalar Visit www.householdofdavid.org for more messages. God bless you.